eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to BXB Bronx Baseball, Episode 5. Pinch hitting for Sweeney Murdy, who is on the COVID IL. We've got none other than Chris McMonicle. It is C-Mac and K-Mac for the first time on the pod. Our yes, second sir. guest. C-Mac, how's it going, bro? Welcome in. Good. Good, Keith. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. First off the bench, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm when, looking uh, forward to it. When Sweeney said he was under the weather, yeah, I started putting a list together, and you were the first name. Obviously, you're a WFAN guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're a Yankees fan at WFAN. And uh, with Sweeney and I being WFAN guys that represent the Yanks, C-Mac was the first choice. So thank you for making the time. Oh, no. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Especially now. I'm glad it wasn't a couple weeks ago. I'm glad you decided to bring me on when things are feeling a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Two, three weeks ago, this would not have been a fun podcast. It's always good to come in when things are good (laughs) and and the vibes are good. Um, How long have you been at WFAN? I guess if someone's listening that doesn't know who you are, uh, give some background about how long you've been at WFAN and uh, what you do there. Yeah, I, uh, I started my internship in January of 07. Uh, and then I got hired full time uh, with nights with Steve Summers that December. So I've been there for a long time now. We're going on 15 years. So I've worked uh, with every show you can work with. I worked with Steve at nights for a long time. Then obviously I worked with Francesa uh, for many years uh, and now obviously with Carton and Roberts. So uh, I'm associate producer of the Carton and Roberts show, but I actually obviously also host. I have my own show on um, Saturday mornings now. I used to do uh, Saturday nights, but I moved to Saturday mornings, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, the Bridge Show, whenever they allow me to do that. So they let me uh, talk whenever I can. And uh, But I've been working with Afternoon Drive now, especially since like 2012. So that's my uh, WFN resume. Been there a long time, seen it all. Yeah, C-Mac is a guy that has been in the building for a long time. I yeah. haven't been in the building that long, but uh, it's good to be a part of the family, a part of the fraternity at WFAN. And it's good to have more Yankee fans on yes. the fans. So it's 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 there's been an uptick. It, for a long time there wasn't a lot. It was like Francesa, and that was it. So it's uh, it's been a good uptick over the last couple of years. Glad yeah, to have ho- you. Hopefully, we keep going in that direction. And uh, I think tonight, 
I'll be on at 6.30 to do the bridge show, but then C-Mac will come on right after the game. So yep. if you're listening to this podcast today, Friday, and you want more Yankees talk after the first game of this Milwaukee series, you can catch C-Mac on WFAN right after the post game. I'm guessing CeeLo will be pinch hitting for Sweeney Murdy on the post game. I'm not exactly sure about that, but usually yeah. CeeLo uh, fills in. So you go yeah. CeeLo to C-Mac. There you go. Another longtime WFN Yankee guy, CeeLo. All right, let's get into this. I don't want to hold you up. I know we both got some things to do. Uh, Friday vibes, uh, Yankee land. I think all Yankee fans feel a lot better than they have these last couple months. Uh, The Yankees are coming off a two-game sweep of the rival Red Sox in Boston. And first off, Chris, Boston sucks. I know it's something that (laughs) Yankee fans say, but when you're watching the game and you're seeing these guys have throwing errors and uh, pop-ups and um, J.D. Martinez doesn't step on first base, (laughs) they're just bad. Tell me your thoughts about the Boston Red Sox right now. Yeah, no, they've had a miserable season. And if you remember, this goes back even – before the All-Star break, they had that series or whenever when Arroyo lost the ball in right field and it went behind him. I mean, they've been playing sloppy baseball all year. They've had a terrible season coming off a surprise year where they got to the ALCS. Been brutal for them. But, hey, the Yankees have struggled against everyone over the last month. So I, I take no qualms with uh, with allowing the Red Sox to throw the ball around and, and give the Yankees an advantage. But, yeah, they went in on the road to a bad team, to an inferior team, to a team they should beat, and they handled them. You know, the first game was close. It took some judge heroics like it has all year for the Yankees, but um, took care of business in two games against the Red Sox, solidified themselves while the other two teams chasing the Yankees uh, were battling against each other. So it was a good good two days for the New York Yankees. Yeah, I'll take it. And, you know, you mentioned uh, the Blue Jays and the Rays, and they beat each other up weren't able to gain any ground on the Yankees. So that also plays into why I say the vibes are good. Uh, That six and a half game lead is shiny Mm -hmm. now, right? When we were, when we were collapsing, when everyone was using the collapsing word, uh, getting down to six, six and a half games from 15 and a half was scary. Now with um, less than 20 games to go, that six and a half game lead feels a little bit stronger. Oh, when it got down to two in the loss column after the first game against Tampa Bay, it's up to seven now. So, I mean, that's it's a totally different world. They knocked off days off the clock and they picked up five games. So, I mean, it's a completely different world than where we were that Friday night. I was in the building that night uh, when, you know, Hicks dropped the ball in left field. I mean, that was a miserable feeling leaving that ballpark. They were, two, they were next two games away from being tied and losing the tiebreaker to Tampa Bay. And since that moment, it's completely changed. I'm hoping that was really rock bottom when he dropped that ball and let it kick around in the, in the, the corner there and cost them two runs. So it's been completely different since then. The vibe is completely different. Now it's just a matter of making sure they continue to play good baseball. The wins and losses don't even mean as much. I mean, you want to keep winning, but you want to see good, crisp baseball the rest of the way and have this thing, have guys start to come back. And you're in the mode right now where just play clean, stay healthy, and let's get ready for this postseason. Yeah, I'm with you. I was in the building Friday, too, for Jeter's night, and I'm yep. a big believer in uh, there being ghosts in Yankee Stadium, or at least in that area, maybe the old stadium to the new stadium. But, uh, you know, the Yankees won five in a row after Paul O'Neill Day and Aaron right. Boone banging the table, and then you get Jeter in the building, Jeter night, a packed house, and like you said, it felt like rock bottom. I was oh. so dejected watching that game after Hicks uh, dropped that ball and gave up those runs, you know, they, they might have needed to hit rock bottom there 
and then mm-hmm. they bounced back, and and here we are. So let's yep. go back to the Red Sox series. First, I yeah. want to talk to you about Garrett Cole. So mm-hmm. in this series, we got to see Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez, and uh, the narrative around Garrett Cole is that he can't pitch in Fenway, mm-hmm. and we've seen him struggle there. No um, doubt. What are your thoughts on Garrett Cole as we get closer to October? He's obviously the ace of the staff. He's mm-hmm. got the most experience, the most postseason experience, and he's mm-hmm. paid the most money to be the guy. No, no doubt. He's the guy. He's the game one starter. We can talk about how good Nestor's been and he has been, but Cole's the game one guy. Uh, thankfully, listen, you can't argue it. He's struggling Fenway. Thankfully, that's not going to be an issue uh, moving forward. This, you know, We're not going to have to play a one-game playoff in Fenway this year, uh, thankfully, but even in giving up the home runs, I thought he looked pretty good. This is where I get in trouble with a lot of Yankee fans and I get called an apologist and whatever else. But you watch the game. He struck out 10 guys. He had dominant stuff. He left a couple of fastballs up and he got beat by a pesky pole home run. It's not a good performance when you give up three home runs and you give the lead up. Uh, you give the the lead back twice after coming back and tying the game. That's not acceptable. I'm not saying it is. But you look at him. I feel like. He's been a much better pitcher the last month. I feel like he's gotten back to his dominant ways. He's starting to use the fastball a lot more, and it's becoming a, a you know a, a, a stalwart pitch for him. He's he's leaving some of the other stuff alone. He's kind of gone away from the cutter. He stayed with the four seamer, and he's getting a ton of strikeouts. And for the most part, he's been dominant. Now I can't explain the home runs in Fenway, but. He's been a good postseason pitcher for the Yankees. I mean, that his career has been a good postseason pitcher. And for the Yankees, we forget the most recent one was that terrible one at Fenway. But 2020, he beats Cleveland. He uh, beats Tampa Bay. He comes back on short rest and gives them six innings of one-run baseball in game five. I mean, yes, that's before the spider tack stuff and the sticky stuff. But he's been a good postseason pitcher for his career. And he's been a good postseason pitcher for the Yankees. And I have confidence in him. I mean, he has those innings where – he can he he has trouble limiting the damage, which is something you don't like at aces. It's probably one of the check marks you want from your ace, someone who can battle through and not, you know, give up f- three, four, five runs in that inning and limit it to one or two. But and he struggles with that. But I'm feeling about as good as about Cole as I have uh, in a Yankee uniform, and we're going to go forward with him. Like you said, the money, who he is, he's the guy. And if he's not going to be the guy, the Yankees aren't going to win. It's that simple. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I think for a lot of this season, folks have been saying the Yankees will go as far as Garrett Cole goes, right? Yeah. He's got to perform. I'm I'm well documented as not being a Garrett Cole guy. I didn't mm-hmm. buy any 45 jerseys or right. player tees. I don't have a poster of Garrett Cole up on my wall in here. I just I look at Garrett Cole as a guy that I feel like, you know, uh the Yankees didn't do their due diligence on enough. Uh they overpaid for him. They they had a need and they gave him this monster contract and uh He's too 50 50. It's, it's too, uh, you know, it's, I'm not certain when he's on the mound. For yeah. an ace, I feel like I should be sure that he's going to go out there and shut it down. Now, uh, what I will say is, you know, he's the strikeout king mm-hmm. and he has been using his fastball and he has to go at guys. He has to attack guys. And sometimes when you use your fastball, when you go at guys, these are professional hitters, they can get yeah. the best of you. Um, the solo shots, 
didn't kill us, the solo shots we were able to overcome. Um, but I put out there uh, a narrative that I wanted to start, and I know it's not going to happen. But Nestor Cortez, I love the guy. Uh, yeah. I love everything about him. I love that he competes. Uh, I love his little leg kick, his, yeah. uh, you know, just his way of attacking. And no he pitched in the second game, and he had an inning where he only threw six pitches. And there's been a short leash on Nestor, but I put out there, that's my game one starter. I know it's not going to happen. There's no, no yeah. way they go to Nestor Cortez with no postseason experience in game right. one. It's Garrett Cole, it's Garrett Cole, it's Garrett Cole. But let's talk about Nestor Cortez. What did you see from Nestor? Uh, what are you thinking about Nestor now in his second start back from the I.O.? Yeah, I mean, they're easing him in, uh, no doubt. There's, there, there's a pitch limit and innings limit on him. You can tell that that's how they're starting these games. But he's been great. Like you said, he battles and he knows when to take a little off. He knows when to try and fool hitters. You know, what he did to Devers, that 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 pitch was hilarious. And it and it, it worked. Like, that's the thing. It's one thing to call it a gimmick. It's another when you see the swing Devers took. Like, it worked. So he battles. Um, I totally agree with you. But here's what I'll say to you. No, I don't think the Yankees are going to start him uh, to, for game one. But game two is pretty darn important. And if you lose game one because Cole shows up, uh, the, the Cole that you call 50-50, if the, if the bad coin uh, of that 50-50 flip shows up, then you've got a, a, a guy in Nestor who you feel good about. You feel uh, a guy who's going to give you innings. I think they're limited in now so they can push him later on. Uh, someone who could save the bullpen and just a guy who's going to battle. Uh, I love watching him pitch too. Uh, it's a different vibe. It's a completely different vibe. Cole's out there and you expect domination. When Cortez is out there, you expect soft contact and a way to, you know, battle through. He's a ton of fun to watch. He keeps hitters off balance. I mean, I don't know how, you, you got to love the guy. I agree. But he's not He's not the dominant guy. Like, if you said to me, one of the, the Yankees are going to go out and throw eight shutout innings, I would still tell you Cole's going to be that guy. I'd be nice. surprised if that's Nestor Cortez. I, as much as he's been capable of doing that and has done that on occasion, if there's going to be a guy who's going to shut down a lineup, it's going to be Garrett Cole. So you got to go him game one, in my opinion. I hear what you're saying, but that's where I would go. But Cortez has been a revelation and somebody I feel, I don't care if it's Verlander, I don't care you know who's throwing against them. I feel confident the Yankees have a, a very good chance to win that game. Yeah, Nestor competes. Uh, I think I saw Brendan Cuddy put out a um, prediction for the postseason roster, mm -hmm. and I think he lined up Cole, Cortez, and then Frankie Montas. Yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> we we well, don't really know. No, we don't. And Severino threw, I guess, a couple innings last night uh, in a rehab assignment. Looked pretty good. I think gave up one run, struck out a couple hitters, threw, uh, hit 98 a couple times. I think, I think if he's healthy and he shows he's back, uh, and he's able to get a couple starts in and work him his way up. I think you could see uh, him as the number three starter. I, I really think the Yankees have banked on this. It's a dangerous thing to bank on uh, someone who's thrown 19 innings over the last three years or whatever it's been. So it's hard to assume it. But if he comes back and is healthy, he he's shown this year that he can still be that guy. Uh, I would be very surprised if he's healthy and ready to go if he's not the game three starter. I think the Yankees have had that in their mind. I think that's part of the – the, the Bader trade that we all hated and can't stand why they shipped to Montgomery. I think he's always in the back of their mind as they think when he's healthy, they have another ace on this team. Yeah, Seve getting back is is crucial. We'll definitely yeah. talk about that in a couple minutes. Uh, closing on the Red Sox series, um, with Garrett Cole, right, the, the solo shots he gave up, 
Uh, the reason the Yankees were able to overcome those home runs was because Aaron Judge added two home runs in that game, getting to 57. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he talked to Susan Wallman at the end of the game and he said, I'm not out here trying to hit home runs. He's no. taking what they're giving him, but they're turning into home runs because of his power, because of his swing and because of his approach. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron Judge. We don't have to have the Shohei Otani MVP debate. Yeah, that's but, uh, not I'm always pumping up Aaron Judge. I've always got more compliments for nine nine. Yeah. The guy is ridiculous. No, he's he's the best base. You know, he's the best baseball player in the world right now. And early on, would really change this season for me. Look, you we could talk. Everyone knows that he's hitting fifty seven home runs. That's twenty more than anybody else. It's insane in a year where all the home run numbers, all the slugging numbers, all, like all the practically all the RBI numbers are down. This guy is having the best year of his career. It's crazy. But what's changed it for me is playing center field. I mean, you want to talk about value. This guy has gone out there when they still, when the Yankees in this offseason still allowed Hicks to be the starting center fielder for this team, which I screamed about and couldn't stand because I needed an option. I needed an option, a legitimate option to play center field because we could all see that this could be the kind of Hicks season we have again. And he stepped up and has played a brilliant center field. Uh, so his ability to take over a prominent role defensively and be great at it to help balance this team out and give options at the corner outfield positions. Oh, and by the way, hit 57 home runs, be the best hitter in the league late and close and just carry this team on his back. It's been incredible to watch. I mean, they make you make a mistake. He hits it out. It's it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I respect Alex Cora in where he where the Red Sox are in this season. I, why not pitch to him? You know, I, 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 you hear a lot of calls. Oh, you can't pitch to him. Why aren't they pitching to him? They're out of it. Go attack Aaron Judge. Let me see pitchers go out and get the best hitter in the world out. Uh, I, so I respect Alex Cora for that. And I thought that was a great job by him not to try to pitch around him. But you can't. I mean, it's going to be different when these games start to really matter and they get into the postseason. Guys are going to have to be able to hit behind them because they're not going to pitch to him. You can't throw anything over the plate. He hits in. He hits inside fastballs. He hits breaking balls away. He hits balls up and he lays off pitches outside the zone. He's worked his way up into being in the triple crown conversation. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy what he's doing right now. And it's incredible to watch. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Judge is uh, the MVP. We know oh. that. He's, he's doing ridiculous things. Ridiculous things. Um, I, I think it was John Morosi who put out a stat about what he's doing as a center fielder, and I'm glad you mentioned what yeah. he's done playing center field. Um, our producer, Ryan, just put in the chat. He said, nobody has out-homered the next highest home run hitter yeah. in the season yeah. by 20 homers since Babe Ruth in 1928. Babe's yeah. the only one to ever do it. So just add that to the resume I don't know why they're still asking the question, who's the AL MVP? No. Uh, we'll just keep finding more things. And- well, because unfortunately, the other guy in the conversation has is doing things that nobody's done since Babe Ruth, too. I mean, that's 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 the thing. Right. But I, I, you know, listen, there's no doubt in my mind who the MVP is. But that that's insane. And it's particularly insane in the year. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. Evan said it a couple times. Uh, you know, when Pete Alonso hit 52 home runs or, and broke the rookie record, I mean, there were four or five other guys who had 48 to 50 home runs. I mean, that was the live ball era. You know, Glaber Torres had 38 home runs in 2019. I mean, it was a different world. And for him to be hitting 57 and going for, you know, six on pace for 63 to 65 home runs in a year when no one else is hitting them, it's remarkable. He's so far and away the best player in the league right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. You're listening to BXB Bronx Baseball Podcast, hosted by Sweeney Murdy, but pinch hitting for Sweeney Murdy, C-Mac, Chris McMonigle, with myself, Keith McPherson, the app, or the podcast is presented by the Odyssey app, 
And uh, make sure you subscribe and download and all that good stuff.